We're going to invite you to open your scriptures to Matthew 24 and 25. It's two chapters. Now, I'm not going to go word by word through two chapters, but it will help you to follow along with the outline that our good folks uh, in the tech are going to help with as well. Uh, The times we've been through have reminded us that we're in the already but not yet kingdom of God. And there's this tension that... uh, we experience where the kingdom of God is now among us. And as Pentecostal people, we emphasize the dimensions of the kingdom of God being among us, that the spirit indwells us and that we are empowered by the spirit, that people are touched and transformed and have their lives changed, that uh, the miraculous occur, that healings take place. We believe that, don't we? So we know, uh, like Pastor Penny's book coming out about heaven, that how, how the heavenlies are open to us even now, and that we sense the very presence of God, and that uh, the kingdom of God, as Jesus said, is among us. But the not yet is also very apparent to us. We go through these challenging times. We go through the times where we see polarity and division. We see death. Uh, We just are constantly reminded that uh, we're not yet living in the kingdom of God with our Lord uh, ruling and reigning uh, in our context of our nation and in our own lives and sometimes in our own families. And so there's this tension that we live through. And during uh, these times of tension, um, we can kind of go where Winston Churchill went. A crisis is a terrible thing to waste. (laughs) And uh, this time has been an opportunity to remind ourselves what are the main things. And my message is intended to encourage those of you who maintain the main things, who kept your focus on as a child of God, as a member of the church of Jesus, what are we supposed to be about, whether it's in these last two years or in the two years to come, Um, There are things about the kingdom of God and following Jesus that are always going to be there for us. And we need to prioritize those. And so we see as Jesus uh, opens up in Matthew 24 about the times to come, there are many descriptors that he gives. And he does not give these descriptors so that people will fall to speculation. He'll warn about that during this chapter. It's not intended to distract us from the main things, but it's just to advise us that these times will come and not to be surprised by them, but to still be his people called by his name. And so he he warns against speculation, which personally as a national leader, it's been heartbreaking to me to see how much the people of God have gotten distracted and how much they've fallen into speculation. And everything that Jesus describes in 24 and 25, some have chosen to do the very things he says not to do. Uh, The signs of the end times are not to have us uh, fall into this trap. They're certainly not intended for us to go find a cave and hide or a Facebook bunker to go and throw grenades from. Seriously, if you read Jesus' words, that cannot be how we respond. So let's look at the signs of the times. First of all, that he gives in Matthew 24, 
because they're so apparent. And he is faithful to not bring false promises. <laughs> so he, he never said that when you follow me, everything's going to be cushy and go smooth and so on. He prophesied that we will live in times that they have tribulation, they have challenge. Uh, for his followers in a Jewish context, he first of all pointed out the temple and he says, uh, look, I know this is impressive. I know that it symbolizes our identity. And it also symbolizes the presence of God and his final purpose for us. But I prophesy that not long from now, none of these stones will stand here. Because judgment will come and these stones will be knocked down. And a nation's false sense of security has to be shaken if it is opposite to the kingdom of God. We're experiencing that in Canada right now. Now, I'm proudly Canadian. I identify with being a Canadian. I'm also an Edmonton Oilers fan, by the way. Way to go, bro. Anyways, just uh, that's a little on the side. But anyways, um, you know, we have identity. And identity does matter. And we love our country as we're called to love. And we pray for our country. And we're broken by some of the things we see and uh, the divisive and sometimes dismissive actions of governments and so on. I, I get all that. Believe me, I really get it. I'm even dealing this past week with some of the more recent stuff uh, related to the military and so on and chaplaincy. I mean, it's just always in front of us. But if this nation is my security, I need it to be shaken. Because my security is in the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And my identity is found first of all and most of all within Jesus Christ my Lord. I am a follower of Jesus and I will follow him whatever nation I live in, whatever the context of that nation is, I will put my first allegiance on the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Now that's not just lip service, that then becomes what your focus is. That becomes where you put your trust. So then you measure your role as a dual citizen, a member of this country, or whatever country you're from or called to, you measure that by your citizenship of being a citizen of the kingdom. I tried to help my kids growing up saying, you're going to live in different contexts, there's going to be different governments, there's going to be different settings. I literally trained them, discipled them, that they were first of all citizens of the kingdom of God. And so there's times a political party is going to promise this, 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 and that. Some of it will look like it's pretty close to the kingdom, other things not so close. It's like in the end, that's not your first identity. You need to be free to speak to the things based upon God's word and upon the kingdom of God. You represent him. And we need representatives of him in governments, and we need representatives of him in uh, education and all the professions of life. So don't hear me wrong. We need to show up. We need to be at the table. I've been at the table. Okay, I've been at the table. And I've been at the table identified as the leader of the Pentecostal churches and at times told that that disqualified me from being at the table. You know who stood up for me? It's like Peter says, the Petrine apologetic. Others who are not followers of Jesus became my defenders. 
And they said, he belongs at the table because he lives out values that we respect because they sense the love of God within me and they sense God at work, you see. And I'm not saying that to, I'm just saying we need a whole wave of Canadians to rise up from within the church and go be among full of grace and truth. I think someone did that. But know who your identity is. You are citizens of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, first of all. And yeah, we've got dual citizenship. We live it with a real sense of honor. So Jesus then says there's going to be false Christs that come along, false prophets. And uh, there's quite the descriptor of this. The early church wrestled constantly with false prophets and false teaching. So sometimes, especially Pentecostals, have really deified the first church. <laughs> you know, they've really deified the early church. And there was so much good and right. But if you get into it, by Acts 5, people are getting killed by the Holy Spirit. By Acts 6, they got racial partiality going on and how they distribute things. Uh, you know, on and on it goes, right? So the reality is that uh, these teachers would come. There's constantly people seeking your attention to divert you from the main things of the gospel. Constantly there are voices, and now more than ever. And you get into closed communication loops, and you just kept getting told the same thing over and over again. How dangerous is that? And our first allegiance is to come back to the Word of God, the teaching of Jesus, to be taught by the Spirit and taught by healthy leaders and pastors, and to be rooted and grounded in the Word of God, in truth and in love. That will keep your life stable. That will keep your marriage stable. That will keep everything about what you do in your career and so on. But if you just get itchy ears, these are the Bible's words, not mine. It's just too prevalent to get caught away by. No, you got to be about the main things. You've got to know what the gospel is all about. You've got to know who the king is. You've got to know the character and nature of God. Everything stems from the character and nature of God. Wars and rumors of wars. How our heart breaks even now, right? I mean, it's just... But the reality is, since Jesus prophesied this, there hasn't been a day go by on the planet that there hasn't been warfare going on. Division, brokenness, strife. It's just a constant reminder that we are in the not yet kingdom and how the evil one comes seeking to destroy, rob, steal, and destroy. And how we need to be a voice and how we need to respond to the brokenness. And our, I honor our fellowship who through our emergency relief and development organization have given one and a quarter million dollars to respond to the war in Ukraine and surrounding nations. And it, it's been a blessing, but it's not what you'd like to spend your money on, you know, but it is a reality. And it has been a reality since Jesus spoke these words. So the kingdom of God people, they show up. They show up to be alongside of refugees. Our fellowship has placed hundreds and hundreds of refugees over the years through our churches and so on, because we show up. We're people of the kingdom. But a sign of the times and why it's needed is sadly because of the brokenness of humanity and wars, famines and earthquakes. 
So, of course, we've walked through a pandemic and those things that strike nature and, and strike uh, into the very uh, stability we feel with where we live and how we interact. Uh, persecutions. I've had the privilege of representing the Pentecostal community globally as we have dealt with discrimination, persecution, and martyrdom. And it's important to differentiate between the discrimination that sometimes we would feel within Western contexts and so on and other parts of the world, but also to respect and realize that in parts of the world we have brothers and sisters that are imprisoned and beaten and murdered for their faith. And we need to be constantly reminded that we should honor and not take for granted freedoms we do enjoy, even while there's times when we wrestle with some of the discrimination, but we should not demean what our brothers and sisters globally go through in order to stand for their faith, who cannot meet like we meet today, who cannot openly go into their neighborhood and interact with their neighbors and talk openly about their Christian faith, right? I mean, it keeps perspective. But all of this was foretold by Jesus. A falling away, an increase of wickedness, love growing cold, the spiritual battle that is endless. Some of us who've been at it a few years, working with uh, uh, young men and young women, boys and girls, adults, uh, to sustain a living faith and to see people fall by the wayside as the love of many waxes cold as, uh, you know, and so you do have to make the faith your own. You do have to be rooted and grounded in truth. We do go and we make disciples uh, inculcating into them truth that will help them stand. But the reality is, is we're going to be in a forever battle for the faith of people so that their love does not grow cold. But in the middle of all this, Jesus says, the gospel of the kingdom will be preached to the whole world. So this is the reality of the already not yet. It's constantly rays of light, celebrations of great joy, but also knowing the struggle, the battle that goes on. But I want to assure you that nationally and internationally, there's a tremendous coalition of those who are leading uh, Pentecostal, charismatic, evangelical, global ministries, where it, it's all focusing towards a belief that by within the next decade or so, 2033, that all 8 billion people would have a spirit-empowered witness of the good news of Jesus. And right now there are prayer ministries working, you know, technology used for uh, advantage and good, where names of everybody on the planet and where they live is being provided for those involved in prayer ministries so that every person on the planet is getting prayed for and interceded for so that they can come to living faith, so that they can know life in Jesus, so that they can know truth that sets them free. These are great days. 
Jesus, you know, Jesus is prophesizing famine and falling away, and yet at the same time, he's prophesizing about the gospel going forward. And I celebrate the global church, and some of you have joined us from the majority world, and I celebrate the good and the right that God is doing, has literally hundreds of millions are coming to living faith and, and living out the gospel with full energy and life, and we're learning so much from our friends from around the world. God's at work, folks. So for you that are about the main things, my heart comes to you and I say, don't grow weary in well-doing. Don't be discouraged. Yeah, we're facing the realities, exactly what Jesus said. But take your cue about the end times from Jesus. Don't take it from anybody else. And I, I fast forward now to chapter 25, but throughout chapter 24, Jesus keeps developing the main things that he wants people to be about who are his followers as all these things are taking place. And he begins to describe his imminent return and readiness for his imminent return. And you can tell the difference between a follower of Jesus, especially in our culture, who's alert to the fact that Jesus promised he would return, and we expect that return, and we live in the presence of God, we're communing with God, we're keeping in step with the Spirit, because we know at any point Jesus could return to this planet, right? And the Bible says if you have this hope, you keep yourself pure. You live out because you're in the presence of God and you're expecting at any moment that the heavenlies will be opened and time will be, shoom! <laughs> Whoa, I could get excited, you know. Pastor Paul wanted me to kick my foot out, you know, just. <laughs> like, I love life. I love my wife. I love my kids, I love my grandkids, I love the home we have, I love getting out with my lawnmower and cutting the lawn, I love uh, cheering for hockey teams until they lose. You know, you start at the beginning of the season, you're cheering for one of what, 31 teams? Only one of them is gonna win the cup. Everyone else is gonna, you know, but you hope, right? But if love of this world ever takes over my heart, and I, Stop being conscious that the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdoms of our Christ. And he shall reign forever and ever. And I long for that day. I long for an end to Ukraine's. I long to the end of indigenous people feeling the pain of what they've walked through. I long for the end of abuse. I long for the end of people so caught up in addictions that they feel the only way out is to take their own lives. I long for the final day. And I want to live in the light of that final day. That's my hope. That's the joy we have. We long for his returning. So Jesus said, with this imminence, Here's what I'm asking you to do. And he goes to a parable. And the first parable in chapter 25 is of 
10 virgins, and in the tradition of that time, that they would wait with lamps, ready to trim them and light them as the bridegroom shows up and is ready to be paraded and finally arrive at the wedding place. And so they've got an important job. They're to light the way. You ever ever hear anything about being the light of the world and so on? All right. So they were to be ready. They were to be ready to with oil. But of course, five of them chose to get distracted, to be about other things, to get lost in whatever, the day-to-day. And when the time came, they were not ready. And they wanted to borrow some oil, but the others had oil for what they were called to do. These people had to get their own, and while they took off, the bridegroom came. And Jesus always seemed to do in his descriptors of the end times this parting of the ways. One's ready, one's not. This person, this person, these five, those five, because that's just the way it is. And I want to believe every one of you in this room today is one of the five that are ready. Can I, can I, yeah, you know what I'm saying? And if you are one of those, then I want to encourage you today, keep being about the main things. You know the groom is coming. You know, there's a final day when we will have the marriage supper of the Lamb and we will celebrate that he is King of kings and Lord of lords. But in the meantime, you've got to light the way. You've got to have oil, the spirit of the living God, alive within your spirit and be prepared to shine light into dark places, right in Moncton. And yes, even Canada and around the world. Be the light of the world. That's what we're called to. Don't pour more darkness onto situations. Be the light. Don't be led like the blind leading the blind. There's a way to light. There's light for us. There's truth. And we're celebrating the bridegroom. Look who this is all about. It's not about us with our lamps. It's about him. And Jesus goes on reminding them. And remember, this is all rooted in Jesus' teaching throughout the Gospels. Lighting the lamp, keeping the oil. It's about first love. It's about loving God, heart, soul, mind, strength. It's a love about constantly being aware of your relationship and developing and the spiritual disciplines in life that, that give you oil and light. <laughs> and so be encouraged. If you've made that a priority, even during COVID, you've used solitude <laughs> and, you, and you've used uh, simplicity as an ally for getting close. You know, I heard so much at the front end about how people were going, whoa, I didn't realize how busy I was and how I never had time. And, you know, and some people were taking it as a redemptive thing that I could use this solitude and simplicity to really recultivate my intimacy with Jesus. Some did that. Others got angsty and, oh, what do I do? What do I do? You know? <laughs> simplicity can be our friend, solitude can be our friend. And Jesus lived out of solitude and simplicity so that he had time to do what the will of God was. He then goes on to talk about the talents. 
that uh, were given by this landlord going away, but he entrusted to three uh, employees. Here's five talents. I trust you to do something with it. Here's two talents. I trust you to do something with it. Here's a single talent, but you do something with it. And, of course, the story is told of uh, how the one with the five came back and had multiplied it to ten. The one with two had multiplied and come back with four. They're both commended. That's the way the kingdom operates. You sow, you reap. You, you're given gifts, you use your gifts, etc. But the one, no go. You know, too afraid, wanted to bury it, just hide the talent. And he gets rebuked. And into each of your lives, God has invested his life, his calling, his gifts, his spirit. And no matter what's going on in the external culture, nothing can keep you from investing what God has gifted you with and called you to do. You can always be who Jesus calls you to be. Whatever nation you live in, during whatever era, Jesus gives this teaching 2,000 years ago, knowing about days like today, and he's saying, I've gifted you, sir. I've gifted you, young woman. I've filled you with capabilities and gifts. I've given you my spirit. I've given you life in the, in the gospel. Now do something with it. Be about the main thing. Keep investing. And I watched across Canada for two years as Christians and churches got that message. Hey, we're still the people of God. Hey, we still got gifts and resources. We still have the ability to go and be with neighbor and show the love of God to neighbor. We can go and make disciplined followers in creative ways, find different ways. And I loved watching the Church of Jesus respond and individuals respond as they kept being about the mission with the gifts God gave them. That's the kingdom of God. But others got paralyzed. Or others decided to focus in on, again, things that caused them to speculate or caused them to get distracted. And the witness of Jesus suffered in those cases. It actually worked counterproductive to the good news coming to neighbor and to friend. So we have a choice, don't we? So I want to encourage those of you that know you're gifted and called by God, that you've been given gifts to go and multiply. Keep giving out. Keep investing. Invest in your neighborhood. I bless this church and its investment into this community and the way you keep looking outward and finding ways to be there for whoever God calls you towards. And, you know, yeah, it was painful at times and, you know, that solitude thing and sometimes, you know, but somehow when you're about the kingdom, the Spirit of God gives wisdom about how to still be about kingdom business. Still keep investing, keep giving, keep pouring out. And the mission goes forward. So I want to encourage you through whom the mission kept going forward. I mean, way to go. Way to go. I want you to hear it from the Spirit of God. Way to go. Susan, way to go. Pastor Paul, way to go. Each of you who kept investing in your neighbors, way to go. If you made it about yourself and your own discomfort, repent. 
Don't be the one talent person. Be the two, be the five. Susan and I discovered we had neighbors on Delaware Street we never knew about. You know why? Because Friday, every Friday night at 7 o'clock, some of these neighbors had started a physically distanced block party out in the front uh, lane. And all of a sudden you discover eight neighbors, 10 neighbors, 12 neighbors, you know. And it's opened up relationships and connections and uh, open conversations about faith and life. I mean, I lived in that neighborhood for 10 years and I didn't know about the neighbors on Delaware. No, I, I hear my heart, I love them. I wake up in the middle of the night praying for some of them. There's one young man especially who's the son of a Pentecostal pastor. He says, oh, you're my dad's boss. I'd never met him before. Until you decide neighbors are worth it. And I'm not, that's no big shakes. I mean, they led the way. They were already out there having their block party. You just got to show up at the tables. And so we can be about the mission of God. That is the main thing. There's no external circumstance can keep you from the mission of God with the gifts and talents he's given you. And finally, Jesus refers to that judgment that he portrays of the sheep and the goats, the peoples of the world being gathered, the nations, and they're judged based on how they treated the hungry, the thirsty, the naked, the stranger, the imprisoned. Listen, it's a main thing. about how we do justice, how we love mercy, and how we walk humbly with God. It's the great requirement. And even in the context of signs of the end times, all the stuff Jesus described, he still came back and gave a parable that said it mattered but what you did for the poor, the prisoner, the blind, the oppressed. Because he was the one who said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim for the prisoners, freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind. And to set the oppressed free. He had come with the already kingdom saying, if you're bound, if you're broken, if you're on the wrong side of the justice scale and it tips down upon you and it oppresses you, there's somebody here for you. There's somebody with the Spirit of God. God's throne, its pillars are righteousness and justice. God's character and nature defines justice. It is not defined by cultural concepts. It's defined by the character and nature of God himself who has always been there to lift up the balances off of the poor, the oppressed, the bound, 
and said, there will be freedom for you. You will be treated impartially by a God who is no respecter of persons. Whatever your color, whatever, uh, you know, your standing in culture, no matter what your finances are, no matter whether you're male or female, whether you're young or old, the Lord tips the scales up and says, I'm there for you. And you know what? Even during a pandemic, we could still do that. We could still be people of justice who do justice, but sometimes different than the justice industries around us. We do justice, but we love mercy. And we walk humbly with people. Because in the end, we're no great shakes. You know who the great shakes is? <laughs> it's the one who humbled himself and made himself a no reputation and took upon himself the form of a servant. And fashioned like one of us, he was willing to even go to death, death on the cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted his name and given him a name that's above every name, that at the name of Jesus, not at the name of David, I just want to follow the king into the lives of people and go be among them full of grace and truth and see the oppression lifted of sin, lifted off their shoulders, of addictions lifted off their shoulder, of, of discrimination and racism lifted off their shoulders. You know what I'm saying? And that's what Canada's hungry for, but it doesn't know how to find it. You've got people doing the defining who have no clue about the character and nature of God. They're not evil people. They just have never known. If we know, we've got to show up. You've got to show up in your university. You don't run for the hills and hide. You show up. In your place of work, you show up. In your neighborhood, you go to the block parties. I mean, you show up, right? This church shows up. Our churches show up. So I'm just inviting you today to renew a commitment to be about the main things. In a season where we've lived with so much crud, and we've watched polarity, and we've watched, in some cases, the church forget what it's all about. I'm here to celebrate those of you here today that know what the main things are. And if others say, you know, I think I got distracted, or, you know, well, I just invite you back to that place of first allegiance to Jesus and his kingdom and be about what he's calling us to. If you're grasping this message in your spirit today and you say, yeah, that's me, I'm just going to invite you to stand with me right now. And we're just going to offer ourselves, and I'm offering myself with you, with a hand raised if, if you're saying, yes, the main things are my things. Even in these times, even as we see all the factors that remind us of the not yet kingdom and the brokenness, Yet I want to be part of the redemptive force of the kingdom that follows Jesus. So here we are, Lord. Lord, I believe before me is an entire room 
of young and old, men and women from so many different backgrounds, but all of them have your gifts and talents in their life. The greatest of all is our salvation, our freedom, our life in the gospel, the empowerment of your spirit. Lord, just bring a fresh life, I pray, a first love into every hand that's raised before you today. Let us be alive in you. Let us be alive in your spirit, alive to our calling, alive to what you've given us. Lord, I stir up the gifting and callings that are in each person here today. I pray for the one who's had it beaten down and felt like they're nothing. In Jesus' name, be free today to realize the calling and gifting of God in your life. And Lord, as we do that, I pray that out of love for you and out of your love shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit for others, Lord, let us go, not with, Lord, a pride or an arrogancy, but let us go with a confidence to the tables you call us to. Let us, Lord, be bearers of the light. Lord, we don't want to be caught back because we weren't ready. Lord, we want to move forward with the bridegroom to see many more people come to living faith. Lord, let us be alive to your Spirit's leadership and direction. May we go like Jesus, full of grace and truth into all these contexts you call us to. Lord, forgive us if we've been distracted. I just pray for those who would be honest and just say, you know, my attention went other places. I got caught up in other things. Lord, just bring them back to simplicity. First things, first love, first priorities. Oh, do that miracle for them now, Lord. And let them as they, Lord, offer themselves to you. Stir up who they are. Stir up that gifting and calling. And Lord, turn them loose to be who you call them to be. Come, Holy Spirit. Anoint this people today. And Lord, I pray for a special encouragement to come to those who have worked hard to be about main things. Sometimes, Lord, it's been overbearing. It's been too much. Sometimes, Lord, uh, there all could be some despair. Lord, I felt that. I know exactly what that feels like. But thank you, Lord, for a gift of faith to go through this audience today. And Lord, people that are committed to the main thing, may they sense that they have a gift of faith to trust you and to follow you into the lives you call them to. Bless this church, Lord. Bless the leadership and all those who provide guidance and direction to what the first things of this fellowship will be. Lord, just continue to lead them into the places you have for them in the mission. Thank you that they keep pointing outward with the life that's here today and with the life we have of worship and Lord, love for you. Thank you that it can be expressed outside and expressed in the streets of our neighborhood and, Lord, into our schools and places of work. Lord, keep leading this people to be a people that on the final day you'll go, hey, well done. (laughs) You showed up where I wanted you to show up. You were into the lives that I wanted you to be into. Way to go. Enter into the kingdom. (laughs) Can you hear that, friends? Can you hear that? Thanks for listening to the GT Moncton podcast. For full services, head over to our YouTube channel. 
If you have any questions or want to get connected, go to gtmoncton.com and follow us on social media at gtmoncton to stay up to date on what's happening here at GT. God bless.